evening. Our top stories tonight. Dalvin Cook is getting healthier. His shoulder is improving, and that means we are drawing closer and closer to a trade for Dalvin Cook. We're also waiting to hear on Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Hopkins, where all these guys will be playing next year, if they will be cut. Sounding like DeAndre Hopkins could end up being cut by the Arizona Cardinals. Cortland Sutton still on the trade block. Aaron Rodgers still waiting for an update on him. But we've got updates on all sorts of quarterbacks, especially the rookies, with several meeting with the Las Vegas Raiders. They are in the hunt, as I keep telling you. Cowboys are in the hunt to add more receivers. And we're going to break it all down here with Matt Babich on Player Profiler today. And there he is, the host of the Writers' Roundtable, the one, the only, Matt Babich. Matt, happy to have you on the show, finally making your debut. Jack, it is a pleasure to be on Player Profiler today. Avid viewer, love what you have done with the program. The daily news host in fantasy football. There is no other. Appreciate you having me on the podcast tonight. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. Just uh, compliments going back and forth. And we've worked together in the past plenty on the Writers' Roundtable. And we've got some fans out here. Free Ty Chandler. People are ready to hear about Dalvin Cook. Connor wants to know, hope we're both doing well. First of all, Connor, such a sweetheart always. Drop Russell Wilson for Darnold in Dynasty? No. I, you can't do that. You can't do that. No. You know, why, why do you want the 49ers third string quarterback, right? It, I mean, that's what we like to say. But at this point, it, is Kyle Shanahan, has Kyle Shanahan's ego decided that Trey Lance is done? I think he wants to motivate Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is still going to beat out Sam Darnold. I think it is going to be a fair competition in training camp. And because it's a fair competition, Trey Lance will beat Darnold out. Brock Purdy will get the job back at some point if... Trey Lance struggles because he's not going to be there to start the season. It'd be a matter. It'd be a medical miracle if he was. It would. It would. John wants to know if we can get this on the podcast feed. You can get it. It's linked in the description below. You can get it on Apple Podcasts now. You can get it on Spotify. I have had trouble finding the actual feed for it on Spotify, but that's because I'm an Apple Podcast guy. But you can find it in the description below. You can get this. Subscribe. Listen on the car ride to work. Happy to have Colt Snowdy, the Harry Snowman, and Kevin on the show as well. But, Matt, we got to get into it because Dalvin Cook, he's getting healthier. He had surgery on that shoulder, that torn labrum that's been bothering him for at least three seasons now, he claims. But we also know he suffered another torn labrum earlier in his career. It's bothered him all the way back to Florida State. So now that he's getting healthy, now that he can pass a physical in the near future, that means he's getting traded, right? It has to. Uh, when you look at his contract details, it makes the most sense for, for him to be out this season. Now, this is all assuming that the Vikings do the logical thing, which is move on from Dalvin Cook. But humans are ran by emotion, especially these, these front office members. They drafted Dalvin Cook. They still have a team that they believe can win a Super Bowl. So maybe they keep him around, but $11 million saved in cap space if they trade him as a post-June 1st uh, trade, $9 million if they can't find any suitors. So it, he'll, he'll be traded, and I, I think the fact that his savings 
is so large for being a cut candidate, I think that's going to drive his trade price down. So ultimately, I think he might end up getting cut. I think this is a, I think this might be a situation where either a team comes in at the last hour and gives less value than we would expect a player like Dalvin Cook to yield. Um, maybe, maybe a team that has a lot of cap expenditure left to left to spend. But if I'm a team, especially with this running back market, Dalvin Cook is the third most expensive running back contract by AAB. Yeah. Do team, do can teams justify that right now? Being the third most valuable running back in terms of in terms of money in the bank that's interesting because i thought it was a foregone conclusion that dalvin cook was going to be traded apparently there were already offers on dalvin cook that have been in place i thought that it was just a matter of time all he had to do was pass the physical but it does make sense what you're saying because you think about it austin eckler's on the market who would you rather have austin eckler or dalvin cook in terms of a trade partner austin eckler exactly and then you have all these running backs on, in free agency. So I was thinking that Dalvin Cook, there was already a deal in place. He was going to be headed somewhere for a fourth round pick. Now I'm not so sure. Now I'm starting to think this trade might not happen until after the draft. And there's no way he's on the Vikings, though, because as you said, humans have emotions. Kevin O'Connell has emotions. I don't know if the general manager, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, has emotions. He is a cold-blooded killer. And so I think he'll have no trouble cutting Dalvin Cook. And the biggest indicator is they gave $7 million to Alexander Madison. That is not backup money. No, it is not. And when you look at the the running back contracts from, from this year's class, Sanders and Montgomery were the only two to earn more than $6 million AAV. And even they are the two most expensive cap hits at about $2.5 million. So teams are making it very clear this offseason that they are not willing to spend a large portion of their cap on a running back unless he's going to be their superstar, especially in a deep class like this one. When we have running backs like even Kendra Miller, who are thought of very highly, that can still be be drafted in the NFL draft, that very affordable draft capital. So if I'm looking at all these different options and, and if I'm a general manager, I don't know, especially if I'm a stone cold killer general manager i don't know how i can i can say yeah i'll bring dalvin back on the third most expensive running back contract in the nfl when i just gave alexander madison that's the hint right they told them the, the it's in the money they said we do not plan on bringing dalvin back with that contract no it's gonna be alexander madison he's gonna be the starter with a rookie that they draft and i love that you mentioned kendra miller because that's the guy cody has had linked to the minnesota vikings that's a guy i want to see on the Minnesota Vikings because he starts the year. He's a pure backup. He might not even be dressing to start the year as he rehabs from this knee injury. Might be backing up Kane and Wongwu. Might be backing up Tykevius Chandler. But as he gets healthier, he will smash and steal that RB1 spot from Alexander Madison. He'll go back to being a great backup. But it's okay now because you're paying Alexander Madison starter-ish money and you're paying the actual starter nothing with that day three or day two round three round four ish capital you'd say for Kendra Miller. Yeah. Right around there. If he went into the second, I mean, I'd be super surprised at fly batter. Exactly. Madison won't be some hero RB. If cooks is let go, he'll be solid. He'll be great to start the year, but he will drop off. It will end up being a committee. I don't, I think it's going to be a rookie instead of a Lenny or a hunt instead, but, those guys are still lurking 
to mess up some backfield. Ezekiel Elliott still lurking. Joe Mixon still lurking. Derek Henry. So out of all these running backs, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, how would you rank them in terms of likeliness to be traded? Ooh, likeliness to be traded. So I'm going to put Joe Mixon at the very bottom. Um, he's getting cut, I, isn't he? He's getting cut. That It's been clear for a while now. And then the legal stuff happened, which I don't think really plays that much into it. But when your roster spot was already a question mark, and then you become, you know, you have this ambiguous legal situation around you. Teams just aren't really, the value is already low. No one's going to bite that much. He's a cut candidate now. I think Austin Eckler is in the middle. I'm, the, I'm doing a horrible job of ranking this in order. I started with the least likely, so Joe Mixon. And then I'm going to go up to Dalvin Cook. I don't think with his with his contract and his recent production, I don't think he's he's done enough in, in NFL GM's eyes to get traded. Uh, Derek Henry is just... He he's the anomaly, right? He's he's the the it factor. He's the guy that is withstanding the test of time. And if there is somebody who's going to get moved, it is going to be a guy like Derrick Henry to to a competing team. And then Austin Eckler, I think, just has the most juice left out of all those backs. Um, Dario said it pretty effectively. Are you going to really bet on Austin Eckler to be to be scoring touchdowns at the rate he's been scoring them for fantasy purposes? No, but in an NFL mindset. Uh, with his skill set, especially in the passing game, he's an electric playmaker. He he by far has the most trade value out of those four. He does, but I also think because of the downgrading of the mar- of the running back market and because of what he can offer the Chargers, he ultimately stays home. So I think most I think Austin Eckler is the best that you can get. I also just think he is someone that the Chargers can't afford to get rid of, though. If it did happen. Jill Bajol put it into my mind when we were chatting on Friday that Austin Eckler to the Cincinnati Bengals would be the best thing to ever happen to the world. That would be absolutely incredible. I I, I did write down in my notes that I just have it written. He will remain a charger. So I am still pretty confident <laughs> that he, that he stays just because he is by far the most valuable asset in that pool. So I probably flip Henry and Eckler. Um, but yeah, it, it a pass catcher like Austin Eckler in that offense where we just saw Samaje P. Ryan semi get featured towards the end of the season, the wheels would be all the way up once again. I know I just said I wouldn't bet on the touchdown production, but that's the one place. That's the that's one, the place. one that's the place. exception. That's the one exception to Cincinnati. And we'll get back to more players that are on the move. Potentially we'll be looking at some wide receivers, right? Including Odell Beckham, who the Ravens did offer a contract to earlier today. We're still waiting on him. We'll get to all of that right after this. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. And one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible. If you can't do All In, that's okay. We have a draft kit. We could just subscribe to the player rankings. Those now include tight end premium FFPC ranks, our brand new data analysis package, blow your hair back and of course there's our dynasty deluxe and our dfs dominator 
take a moment, check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. And of course, no one gets the site better than Matt Babbage. Happy to have him on the show. A true honor to have you here. Talking about all these players, whether they're going to stay, whether they're going to go. DeAndre Hopkins, he's another one that we are just waiting on and waiting on. And the Cardinals are just still not budging from trying to get that Christian McCaffrey deal, which it doesn't make sense, right? You're asking for in-season prices on a player in the offseason. The whole organization is ran backwards, and and we know this. They're, They're not exactly forward thinking this is how they're they're in the spot that they're in as an organization I was looking at potential landing spots and I just don't I feel like they're kind of they're they're bent over the table on this one they just they're not going to get what they want and ultimately Chiefs would need to would need him to take a pay cut is on the, is on the show sheet that's the destination right I I've been I've been looking through teams. I can't find a competitor that ha- that needs a wide receiver that is going to give them anything and work a deal out with Hopkins. It just makes the most sense. And Hopkins has got to be itching to get out of there. This is all on the Arizona front office, just just accepting the reality of the situation of what they're going to get for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think Hopkins is is willing to work a deal with any competitor that's willing to trade for him. So that I don't think the pay cuts that big of an issue, but. I think we all, including DeAndre Hopkins, are just counting the days until that that low ball offer just finally gets accepted because there's nothing else the Arizona Cardinals can do except just take what someone gives them. And it's it's all about understanding what the market is. Cardinals are living in a world where we gave up a first for Marquise Brown. So DeAndre Hopkins, he's got to be worth quite a quite a bit. He's got to be worth what Christian McCaffrey's worth. And that's not how the market works because we just saw Christian or not Christian Kirk, sorry, Brandon cooks in a salary dump move traded for a fifth and a sixth. So if you can get a fourth and a fifth for Deandre Hopkins, that's probably the market at this point. That's it. Who's, who's willing to, to pay more. I mean, like maybe you can get a conditional third out of somebody maybe, but past that, just draft, they're going to draft their own guy. There, there's no motivation to spend a day three pick on DeAndre Hopkins at this point in his career. Yeah, and I think I think this is going to be a move where on draft night, once the picks start coming in, once those wide receivers are off the board, once Quinton Johnston, Jalen Hyatt, who teams really seem to like, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jake, all those guys, when they're gone, that's when I think we start seeing some of these trades made for DeAndre Hopkins maybe Cortland Sutton, who's been rumored. The Ravens have been sniffing around him. Ravens have been sniffing around Odell Beckham. So who do you think the Ravens end up with at wide receiver? And where do you think Odell ends up? As a Cortland Sutton stan and truther, I unfortunately think it's going to be Baltimore who makes the move. That that, that kind of seems perfect, right? Cortland Sutton seems like if the Broncos organization gives up on him now, that's probably it for him. Maybe that's a little too doom and gloom, but he's had opportunity after opportunity to break out. And if Sean Payton turns this offense around and Cortland Sutton is not involved in that, and Sean Payton says this, this he's not worth keeping around for this, that's got to be 
the signal flare. No one else wanted him. The Ravens finally got a package and and they don't have a quarterback to pair him up with. And it, it just seems, it seems like the perfect situation for, for Baltimore to, uh, to get a top five pick next year, which is throw Sutton Andrews and Bateman in an offense with Tyler Huntley and just try and make the wild card again. So I, I think Cortland Sutton, if he moves, he's going to end up going to somewhere like Baltimore, who's they're just kind of lost. They don't really know what they're doing. I hope Cortland Sutton stays home with uh, with his athletic profile, with his you know previous air yard shares, and his and we've seen him make the big plays. We've seen him perform well. We just haven't seen him string the games together season after season. So we all want to see him stay in Denver because that has the most upside for him. If he gets traded, he I'm I'm full avoiding in fantasy. Avoiding your own truther, that's gotta be devastating. Sometimes you have to accept when when it's over. And so if he goes to the Ravens and Lamar stays, is it over at that point? No. No. There we go. But but what reality are we are we forming in our own minds where Lamar Jackson plays for the Ravens in 2023. Where's he going to go? His, his couch. <laughs> it's better. It is. His couch is a better destination for Lamar Jackson in 2023 than the Ravens. Wow. All right. So uh, turning our attention to the NFL draft and all of these quarterbacks here, because there's been a lot of developing news throughout the day today, especially Panthers, they are going to meet with all four quarterbacks. They are going to host all four quarterbacks after going to all their pro days. And the Texans, the Texans are having CJ Stroud visit just in case, just in case the Panthers really haven't made up their mind. Is that possible? Is that likely at all? Is that your smoke screen? That's the smoke screen. (laughs) Yeah. It took 30 seconds, right, before before that that clip leaked of of them talking to C.J. Stroud. Odds flipped. Everyone's it's C.J. Stroud. And then they're like, ah, we'll meet with all four quarterbacks. No, 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 it's not over. Uh, Texans, you guys, you guys meet with C.J. Stroud. You know, we haven't made up our mind. Um, it's the smokescreen. It's Stroud. Um, but they're smart to do their homework, right? They're smart to to try their best to keep this as vague as possible. There's, there's certainly, there's already been talks of the Panthers trading down, trading back from one after trading up, which would be a very silly thing to see, (laughs) but I don't think it's out of the question at this point that it happens. So I think the Panthers are pretty settled in on Stroud, but for the optics and, and for the, the goal of gaining the most value you can out of the situation, they're playing the field. They're, they're trying to make themselves seem open to it, but it's gotta be Stroud. Yeah, and I don't think there's any chance they do end up trading down unless it's to two with the Texans because the Texans have been convinced to trade up for Bryce Young, which is just would be an absolute blunder on their part. I think we see it. C.J. Stroud, he goes 101. But now we're hearing another smokescreen that could the Texans at second overall, could they actually pass on quarterback, take Will Anderson, arguably the best player in the draft, and wait and select a quarterback at 12? or trade up from 12 to draft a quarterback there. So if they don't take a quarterback at two, they have to trade back, right? You can take Will Anderson, arguably the best player in the draft, but with three other quarterbacks in the board, 
that have a lot of interest and a lot of teams in interesting positions to be able to trade up for that. You're the Texans. You are not a rookie contract away from winning. If you can get the most value out of trading back from two, and then maybe if you know one of these quarterbacks slips, you can take them closer to 12 where you have two first round picks, or maybe you traded way back and you get a lot of future capital. Caleb Williams is in the next draft. Uh, Aaron Stewart came on the writer's roundtable a few weeks ago and posited that the Texans avoided quarterback in this year's draft and did a little sneaky tank for next year to get Caleb Williams. I don't think they end up doing it. I think Bryce Young is a Texan when it's all said and done. But um, I think if it would be very Houston if they passed on a quarterback and then went with, you know, D'Amico Ryans and building up that defense and took Will Anderson and just completely left the value on the table after watching what the Bears did faced with the exact same situation. So uh, the only options, the only smart options are just take your quarterback or or move back. And this is a good question here from Kevin. How far could Hooker move up in the draft? Because there has been a lot of buzz lately. And they're really, ha- it's been funny listening to the two sides of the buzz because on one side, it's Hendon Hooker, he's moving up. I don't see any chance he is not selected in the first round. But on the other end of the buzz is, oh, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, they might fall out of the first round. So is the quarterback class so good that Hendon Hooker's going to sneak into the first? Or is it so bad that only two quarterbacks get drafted in the first? Well, at least one of them kind of goes with what our eyes and everyone else his everyone else's mouth has been saying for the past three months. We know that Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are getting first round capital. If they make it out of the top 10, I'd be shocked. Cody said four quarterbacks in the top 10. You can write that in, in ink, uh, you know, paraphrasing, but I think it's a very similar situation. So that's definitely the one I'm fading the noise on on Levis and Richardson falling out of the first round. I'm buying Hooker going into the late first round. I don't buy it being a great decision, personally. I don't, but a lot of teams are intrigued by the talent level, and um, he's been he's visited with the Saints, and I can see that as well the saints taking their shot on on Hendon hooker this year knowing next year's quarterback class and the likelihood that they're in a position to select a top quarterback next year is also fairly low because they they have Derek carr they're they're competing to win now so you're expecting that you're going to be outside of the top 20 or outside of the top 10 probably you know into picks like 21 22 yeah so outside the top 20 said it right the first time uh, so the Saints could be planning for their future and taking a late round shot on late first round shot on Hendon Hooker. Maybe the, it pays out. Or the Bucks could take a shot. The Titans could take a shot because they're yeah. rumored to be trading up to three. There's just there's all sorts of crazy rumors around the draft. It's truly smokescreen season. But there is one smokescreen that it seemed you enjoyed more than any other when you were reading the the show sheet, and that is the report that Bill Belichick. It would not be a surprise if Bill Belichick finishes his career somewhere other than the New England Patriots. I want, uh, yeah, I don't know if I put this uh, in the show sheet that you can see. I always put my comments on a separate one, but 
uh, I want this to be a direct quote and I want it to be recorded live in the airwaves. I will eat my shoe live on player profilers, YouTube. I will, I will eat my shoe. If Robert Kraft fires Bill Belichick, that will never happen after everything that's happened in this organization. The last thing that Kraft would ever do to Belichick is fire. Well, there could there be some mutual parting of ways? Sure. But I think that's going to be it for Bill. He's going to pass. He's going to pass Shula. And, and he's going to eventually, he's 71 years old, guys. He's going to go to another team. What's he going to do? Move his fail. Like it just, it doesn't make really any sense. Like what is in it for Belichick once he passes Shula and nothing unless he really wants to, to fend off Andy Reid in terms of playoff victories, which more power to him. If he wants to die in the chair, then so be it. But he's 71. He's been in new England for so long. I mean, at, at, at a certain point, he's going to be okay with just stepping down. He's got Steve in new England. Like he's just going to take over. Where Where's he going to go is the biggest question is why would he, why would he leave? Just has to learn a whole new building. The players aren't used to playing for him, so he's got to go through those growing pains. It doesn't make sense on any level. I, I couldn't believe when I read this rumor today, and maybe part of it stems from the fact that, oh, Gerard Mayo, someday he could be the successor to Bill Belichick. Well, doesn't that imply that they're passing the torch and they're letting Belichick go out on his own terms? Exactly, and they've been... No one was talking about him being fired during the eras where Tom Brady was still around and Josh McDaniels was, was tentatively taking head coaching jobs because Bill wouldn't kind of call him the successor. I mean, they've been talking about the successor for the past six, seven years. This has been an ongoing conversation and you can believe that it's an ongoing conversation that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft have been having season after season. This is a plan. As much as I like to say this organization has no direction and they are lacking in it, I'm sure Bill has a plan on what he wants to do and when he wants to leave, and that's been communicated to Robert Kraft. So the team's making money. The team is fighting for playoff spots. We're not in a situation where Bill's going to get fired. So, yeah, Peter King, I will I will eat my shoe live on the air if, if somehow you are right. And Bill Belichick, you know, he did work with a certain front office executive when he was with the Cleveland Browns who did have a whole plan in his retirement and Ozzie Newsome transitioned gracefully out of it. It didn't work out for the Baltimore Ravens. It's been a nightmare ever since Ozzie Newsome stepped down as GM, but Belichick at least will have learned how to step down in grace. No doubt about that there. And just Robert Kraft firing Belichick, just absolutely silly. One final question before we get you out of here. Smaller piece of news, but it was reported today or reminded today or trending today, however you want to phrase it, that there are four teams that could be forced onto Hard Knocks this year. Other teams could volunteer. They could sign up for it and some incentive with the NFL. But the Commanders, the Saints, the Bears, and the Jets, if no one volunteers, those teams cannot say no to HBO coming into their training camps. Who's it going to be and who do you want it to be? Very quickly, why do teams not want this? Or they just don't care? They just rather not have the camera crew filming them all the time? Is that what it is? For the most part, yeah. It's a yeah, lot of grumpy. It's, I mean, um, Bill Belichick. Imagine telling Bill Belichick, hey, we're going to follow you around all uh, all off. Yeah, I wouldn't like that either. It's, it's just grumpy old men. That's all it is. Makes sense. Well, who do I think it's going to be? 
because of everything surrounding the 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 team and the potential quarterback that's moving over there. He's a guy who loves the media. And since they literally can't say no, it would be awesome to force the media to follow Aaron Rodgers 24 seven as they, as they cover the New York jets. So I think that's who it'll end up being because of all the drama that's going to be stirring up around that move and everything. I would love for it to be the bears just getting a peek into that organization. It seems like a great culture they're building. Justin Fields is great. So that would be a very entertaining watch. Uh, Bears fans are dedicated people. So the city of Chicago, I'm sure, would love to see that. And then maybe even the Washington Commanders, uh, if they were to delve into the organizational sale, which I don't think they would as much as we think they would. Um, so the Commanders sound interesting, but we don't actually want that because it's just going to be it's just going to be the enemy and, and new offensive people. That's all they're going to focus on. Yeah, they're gonna, the only shots of ownership. It's going to be a, a quick scene. And this is the ownership group that they like the team this year. And it's going to be a two minute interview. And that's going to be it. And for the Saints, we don't want it to be the Saints at all. Because I don't know if you remember, we saw Derek Carr on Hard Knocks. And it was the worst season of Hard Knocks of all time. Even during the Antonio Brown drama, we couldn't get any enjoyment out of that Raiders season. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I can take the time to to go into the Derek Carr discourse, but he's just not a guy that that draws the box office numbers. You know, they're the Jets and the Bears, the Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields. Like the, those are the box office numbers we want. Those are the storylines that we want to we want to look into. We want to look into the the trading of the one hundred and one, and and we want to see DJ Moore and the new offense. You know, the, that's entertainment. You know, Derek Carr leading the Saints to a a one win above 500 record and, and barely winning the NFC South. Like, no, no cares.